0: Okay, everybody, so we had an episode recorded, which we are still going to play after, but obviously the big news that happened in the Winnipeg first intermission about the NBA canceling their season and kind of guys speculating about what's going to happen about this coronavirus. So we're going to just do a little segment here and then we'll play the pre-recorded episode we had in full before or after that, I mean, sorry. Um, But yeah, Kyle, so this is some, some wild ass news. Like this is unprecedented. So the NBA has suspended their season indefinitely until after a player tested positive for the coronavirus, And now it's kind of shining light on like, what is the NHL going to do? Like, I think we talked about it in the episode that's about to play, but Minimally, I think there's though, but a yeah. very legit legitimate chance that they go. No spectators like right away. And I feel like there's a decent chance that they suspend the season too.
1: What do you think they do for like the resale market? And like, obviously, they'll refund all season ticket holders for the remaining games that they miss, right? But is everybody else just shit out of luck? And I, I mean, it's it's bigger than well, that. Obviously, I, no. I think with like, there's the, so many issues with this. Yeah,
0: the substantial like third party ones, like StubHub and like Ticketmaster resale, they'll have to refund them. Like, there's no way that they'll be able to just say like, oh, hey, you bought a ticket off of a guy. Like tough shit. It's the same yeah. thing if you buy a ticket off StubHub for like the playoffs, and then teams don't make it. Like Fair that enough. person, yeah. that I guess it doesn't transfer you, till the day. And of, the yeah. money yeah. doesn't transfer until like the game goes on. I think so. Yeah. yeah, so you'll be fine there. But like, so let's just like obviously there's a lot of speculation here because no one knows what's going to happen with the NHL unless we get more news tonight. But realistically, like we're recording Wednesday night here, obviously, and like this could be the last Oilers game we see in a while. Like the NHL could legitimately suspend the season, yeah, and it's going to be wild to see what happens in that scenario.
1: I mean, we had to record here in the middle of the Oilers game, the last one potentially just just because, like, how wild would that be, right? Like. in again like John and me talking before we came to record here we were just talking about the complications that it could cause right so what happens if the season like the NBA is talking already like August ish maybe it's gonna look like this all depends on when the coronavirus is contained and who knows how long that's gonna be but like what do you what do you do if it pushes into next season right so like the contracts turn over on July 1st in hockey at least I don't know how it works in the NBA but if it pushes past that, do the teams that were or are on playoff teams do they then stay with their teams for a makeshift playoffs? Is there still an off season? What happens to the draft in Montreal here? Like the there's so many questions that come up with that happening. Not that it's the wrong move, but just like holy shit, what a what a just unprecedented crazy thing. Yeah.
0: I think first off, if they suspend season, instead of, like, the new season starting July 1st, it'll just get extended. Like, contracts will push forward the whole nine yards, right? Because it's like you can't, there's no way, like, say they suspend the season and it goes to, like, September. There's no way they can just resume and be like, okay, teams, you have 12 games left in the season, but all these free agents, like, they're not on your team anymore, you know? Like, it's past the trade deadline, so it would just have to turn into something where like the season gets extended like calendar year wise. And then I'm with you. Like, so let's just say hypothetically September or August is when the season gets resumed. If it does get suspended here, you think they go like two months of the rest of the season in the playoffs through like August and September. And then they have a draft in October and free agency starts november and then like the season starts like mid-december or something like that and they just and they do a half season like 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 it was a lot i think that's the only thing that like to me right now with the information we have and that's obviously just kind of guessing as to when the the timetable of this goes is like that's my best guess something along the lines of that obviously the months are just kind of an example it wouldn't be specifically those months but It's wild. And I mean, you've got to worry about like these guys, like you've also got to worry about like the health of people. And the one thing with players is they're like this virus isn't really affecting it. It's more like elderly people with other complications and like immunocompromised people. Right. So that's the good thing is like you're not going to see like athletes die, hopefully. But at the same time, like it makes sense where like if this does spread, the unfortunate thing it's is for I don't 20, trust the general public. for a stadium at once. Like, that's the issue. Well, and that's yeah. it. And I don't trust the general public for someone to be like, oh, my immune system isn't great. I'm not going to go to a hockey game. Or like, ooh, I'm not feeling well. Yeah, I paid $500 for these out, tickets. Exactly. I'm not going to go. I'm going to yeah. skip out on this, like, game six conference finals. Mm-hmm. So realistically, unless they can control the spread of this in North America, like, very quickly, I, I don't think we're seeing a playoffs in a in a month. It's like, already spread a further weeks. than it.
1: Is like what's coming out right now is just the beginning, right? It exponentially gets worse. And that's just worse, the reported so. of it, right? Like, yeah, well, that's it's, exactly the, it. That's it's, the ones
0: they know of, not the people that. I are can only see that happening. Get, honestly, to I, have it tomorrow, yeah.
1: We we kind of joked about it, not joked about it, but just glossed over it in the episode here. But legitimately, with the NBA doing that, is like I, I can see we, we happening. had to come in and like say something. Like yeah. I I'd say, I it, say it's almost like an eighty percent chance, and that's just just like top of my head bullshit numbers, but. Yeah, crazy. I it, mean, it's it, just how weird much, because
0: this has never happened. Like, we don't. I, I shouldn't say never. There has been seasons canceled. I know, like during like World War II, there was like different differing seasons. But this is different than that. Obviously, being like a viral. Dude, like,
1: I mean, it sucks, right? And it's crazy, and not a way to look at it, kind of in a silver lining type of way. But like, what a moment in history that is to live through for us too, yeah, right? Like, hopefully live through, I guess, but like crazy man. Like absolutely unprecedented just for the NBA alone. I, I, I can only see it happening here at other leagues. Like uh, they showed the list on Sportsnet of all the,
0: I snagged a picture of it. If I want to, if I want to read it out, I I guess. Yeah. Well, I could just, I could read it right now. And I actually already tweeted it out. So check out our Twitter, but yeah, it's IHF women's world championship in Halifax. Obviously everybody knew about that. German, Australian and Slovakian hockey leagues were canceled. Uh, the FIS Alpine Ski World Cup Finals were canceled. March Madness, for so NBA bas- or NCAA basketball, excuse me, has no spectators. The Indian Wells Tennis Tournament was canceled. World Figure Skating Championships in Montreal were canceled. Formula One Bahrain GP no spectators and no Italian sporting events until April third. So like Serie A, Serie A, whatever you want to say, however they say, it in Italian uh, soccer, the main league was is canceled. So yeah, like that's that's wild. Like it obviously hasn't affected us to the point that it has Europe and other places, but we know it's coming, and it's fucking scary, man. It's wild, and like you said, it is like it is. This is going to be a moment in history. Like this will be this will be a trivia question in like forty years.
1: I went out and bought supplies, but like minimal supplies. I think this was the biggest hit home to me that this is a real thing now, just because. I'm like a sports fan first, I guess, for a hobby, right? So, having it actually affect that. Yeah.
0: Well, that's exactly it. And, like, the thing is, too, you look at the money the NBA is going to lose over this, and not to like generalize here, but millionaire, billionaire owners of sports teams don't become billionaires by like being willy nilly and losing money, right? So for them to make the decision that it's like a player was affected, we're suspending the season and we're going to lose this money. You know, it's like a big thing. Right. And I think that's the significance. Oh, look, we scored nine seconds into the second period. That's awesome.
1: It's people all actually starting to choose people over profits, which is insane. Actually insane. Like that's un- unheard of that. That actually takes something to be really serious for people to start. Stop putting money ahead of that. Right. So.
0: It is. And it's, it's one of those things where like, you know, it's kind of one of those crises where like people have to come together. Right. Cause it's like, it's one of those situations where, and again, we're obviously projecting that like, if this gets really bad, cause at the end of the day, our day-to-day life in Canada really hasn't changed much unless you're sick. Not yet at, at this point, but it's one of those things where like, you either like fail as, you know, that old cliche, like fail as individuals or like come together as a group and like, work together and succeed right so it is one of those cliches i just Sorry, want to say dude say?
1: it just to me this, this is going to sound like a political statement but it's not at all because both america and canada have taken like a lot of inaction on this coming here and preventing it spreading and i mean it, like they're on opposite sides of the spectrum so it has nothing to do with that right but it it blows my mind that at least here in canada right air canada and WestJet. Were the first ones to suspend flights to certain areas of China and Italy, like the federal government didn't do that right? If Santa yeah. Clara County in California was the one to limit gatherings to a thousand people, The federal government or the state government didn't do that like it is right. it is baffling just the amount of inaction taken like like it, it, i mean it, this is obviously a huge thing worldwide, but it hasn 't hit us here at home yet, and I think that there there's steps that should have been taken already that should have, you know, prevented this from happening as big as the, the brain. Thing is, to be. Sorry, John. The yeah. thing
0: is, no, that's, don't, don't apologize. The thing is, it's because it's a flu and people don't like it immediately just makes it like, oh, that's not like a big deal. It's the flu. And everyone knows that there's hundreds of thousands of people worldwide that die from the, like, from influenza. And, but I think that's the thing where it's just. You look at like the outbreak potential and it's not that this is going to like you get it and it's a death sentence. It's what happens if 60% of the population gets it. Your hospitals are substantially overwhelmed. You have healthcare professionals getting sick, so now they can't work. And it turns into chaos that way. Right. It's not like a oh, my God, you get this and you're a healthy 25 year old man or woman. You're going to die. No,
1: of course, dude. But SARS was the same way. And like this is bigger than SARS already. Right. And and that alone was frustrating to see Canada's action uh, in Toronto specifically. Right. And I guess maybe it's just that we weren't hit hard enough by it uh although that sounds bad right well and you, like you, southeast you asia is the one that it. responded the fastest because they've dealt with these outbreaks before not i mean they're the ones well, that caused I mean, it but it they're origi- also the ones originated that, yeah, there too. they're they're yeah. also like they've seen well, how devastating it could be right
0: yeah for sure and i think it's one of those things where like we are a little entitled here because like i mean i'm not gonna lie like i've heard a lot of people like be like oh sars wasn't even that bad like it was people overreacted and like sure like here it wasn't that bad but over the world. And it's like, it wasn't that bad because of the action that was taken against it. And right? this one's far surpassed Where, it's, that it's too. Already, say, and that's yeah. the thing. It's yeah. like, you look at the infection rates and stuff and it's, yeah, it's fucking scary, man. So I don't know. We're obviously like Kyle and I aren't doctors. We're not specialists. So like do your own research. And like, I mean, make sure you take care of yourself and you're prepared. Like it's, it's not like you're going to lose money if this turns into like, not that bad. Right. You're just going to have some canned goods and bottled water and a shit ton of toilet paper that you'll use eventually if you have
1: 150 200 on hand like you should be fine for one or two people for two weeks of Canada the the scary thing is I think
0: is we live in a society that's so paycheck to paycheck right yeah well and yeah people go to people go to work sick because they can't afford to not go to work so now like that's the thing where it's like if this does like get to a point where it's like we're quarantining a ton of people and suspending the
1: the government the government is already enacting actions that you get your employment insurance benefits like faster now and they put right. an extra billion aside for crisis uh, you know funds but still if it if it gets to the point where they need more than that too
0: I think like Italy they got they got rid of like mortgage payments for like this so it's like pretty much like you don't have to pay mortgages land or like landlords don't collect rent but they're not paying a mortgage so it's like boom people don't have to worry about like not having a roof over their heads because they're either afraid to get sick if there's suspensions, but we're obviously gonna kinda of off track from the yeah, hockey but, talk yeah, here. But, but that's a huge part of it, um, right? Like there has to be it action from the government. Yeah. And yeah. it's one of those this is one of those like few cases where like we don't talk politics and like social issues, but at the same time like it's directly uh, impacting I hockey mean, so politics we have to, in a but, way
1: like we're not taking sides, I think. We're just talking about there has to be action from the government in general. Like no matter what side sure. you take from, yeah, right? Yeah, well, yeah.
0: Absolutely, yeah. You're never gonna hear us take sides in political shit. But um yeah, so that that's it for us on that topic. But obviously, some some crazy stuff going on that's impacting the NHL, and we're going to be eagerly waiting to see how they react to this. And I mean, yeah, it, it makes our it makes our coronavirus talk later on in this episode a little uh, like outdated, even though it was literally like twenty <laughs> minutes before we got that news. Yeah. But still, we'll uh, we'll see what happens, and fingers crossed. And uh, obviously, stay safe, everybody, and take care of yourselves and your loved ones.
1: And on the other hand, enjoy the episode. by the Hockey Podcast Network, every
0: team, everywhere. Hello, 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 everybody! Welcome back to another episode of the Oil Country Podcast, number forty-eight, episode forty-eight, coming up on fifty. We are presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere, and proudly partnered with Alley Cat Brewery in Edmonton, Alberta. Check them out and use code word, well, not really code word, but tell them the code word, THPN, when you go in for 10% off your bill, bottles, cans, six packs, kegs, the whole nine yards. Um, Anyways, as always, I'm your host, John from Edmonton, Alberta, and joining me from Montreal, Quebec is Kyle. Kyle, what is good, my man?
1: I'm doing all right. I like how for the alley cat read there, you said... A code word, well, not a code word, well, then THPN code word. You kind of went back <laughs> I didn't and forth like, What is it? It's
0: like the keyword. I don't like, because a code word, I feel like is something you type into like a website for a discount and that's not what they're doing at the brewery. Special,
1: but, special code. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Yeah. I,
0: code word works. I don't know. I don't make it special complicated. Code. John,
1: what are you doing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just like, I don't know. I caught myself off guard because I always say code word, but it sounds weird. Use the coupon code. How about that? Tell them the coupon code THPN. That sounds good, right? Clip your coupons. Yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Kyle. <laughs> good start. We're already off the rails. Um, anyways, yeah, no, I'm I'm doing good too, man. I uh I'm on some days off from work, which is much needed. I was I'm like still recovering, honestly, from Vegas. I like I can't even I like I did too much walking on the strip when I was there, and I was wearing Sanooks. I don't know if anyone knows what those are, but they're like close toed sandals kind of like loafers almost and they're just a foam sole so there's like no arch support and I'm getting so old walking up and down the strip for two days on the Monday and Tuesday when me and my roommate first got there I got plantar fasciitis in my right foot and could like barely walk for quite a while I was even like limping when Kyle was here and we went to the Oilers game so that's starting to get better and I'm like I'm feeling feeling good man getting some sleep had a nice sleep in last night and uh, yeah ready to go.
1: Can you sound out whatever fucking huge word you just said right there?
0: Plantar fasciitis.
1: That's arch hurting. That's what that means.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. Your fascia is like a connective layer in between your like muscles and skin and stuff. And like that gets inflamed from like not having arch support under your foot. So your arch gets like stretched out and like flattened and that like irritates that layer. So it's just like right up the arch of my foot it was fucking painful every time I walked and it's frustrating because I want to be able to like work out and like go for runs and stuff. And I like, I had to like pansy out for lack of a better term. And I literally couldn't do it. Like it would inflame and I would be like hobbling back to the house if I went for a run.
1: Well, way to play down the no medical history over here, John.
0: (laughs) That's not even, I mean, that's more like, I feel like I had plantar fasciitis as an athlete. I feel like is where I learned that not Mm -hmm. that I actually know some Mm -hmm. medical shit, but We are going to talk about some medical shit. So I'm looking forward to that. We're going to talk about the coronavirus outbreak. Make sure you buy your fucking toilet paper, everybody, not because of actually needing it, but because of all the idiots that are buying like five rolls or five packages. So when you eventually need toilet paper, you're just not going to have any in stores and you're going to be fucked like I am. So I already
1: see some Instagram stories of people going through like Costco's and stuff and it being out of stock. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was plenty of stock when I went. I, I actually needed a package, so I bought some today. But uh, but yeah, it's insane how people are reacting to that. I mean, it, you should be preparing and, and buying food just in case, right? Canned food and toilet and paper. And like stocking paper towel, all up, that,
0: I but. get. And like toilet paper, even though it's not like a life or death necessity. Yeah, it would suck if you didn't have any toilet paper. I mean, we don't need to go into detail there. And maybe this is just coming from like a single guy that lives with like one roommate. And maybe like it's just the people that are buying like six packages. And like my uncle, I, t- I chatted with, uh, with him the other day and he was saying that he was at like save on or Costco or something. And there was these two people in front of him, like a, a wife and a husband. And they each had four rolls in their cart and they were getting towards the front of the line. And then as they were at the front, the husband was like, you know what? There's four more back there still. And went and grabbed another cart and got four more. And it's like, do you have a family with 16 children? Like that's like years supply of toilet paper, man. Like how long do you think this is? Even if it does get to like a bad, bad case scenario and you're stocking up like one, how many times do you wipe your ass? And two, how many like buttholes are you wiping?
1: Do you think people are planning to resell it? (laughs) They're like trying to Kijiji or eBay. (laughs) I could see it. Yeah. I could totally see it's it. Like, this is going to turn it. into
0: like a commodity or like, it's like money doesn't uh, matter anymore. <laughs> like people are going to be burning money to heat their homes. But You're like, toilet you want paper for breast, that's two toilet paper rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh man. I, I, I can't even imagine. Oh, that would be so comical. Um, okay. <laughs> We're already oh man, we're off the rails. Uh, good shit though, good shit. Um, I guess we should probably get into some Oilers talk. Hey, these uh these wretched Oilers that can't shoot the puck. Okay, so in the last three games, Oilers were outshot forty eight to twenty four against Vegas, forty six to twenty four against Columbus, and forty three to twenty seven against Dallas. So pretty substantial numbers, putting a lot of stress on our goaltenders um like why do you what like obviously other than not shooting enough and that type of stuff like why do you think that's happening right now
1: well i i think it's obviously because the guy that was in us in the stands when we went to the game in winnipeg just isn't close enough to
0: the ice (laughs) (laughs) what about the woman that does the old like knee slap pay attention everybody pay attention That's that's also why I think they turn it over sometimes is like that woman needs to be closer to the glass. That's like (laughs) one of the things I absolutely love about going to games is hearing like what people say in the stands. Because like I I say stuff too. like, oh, you know, like I mean, not I'm not a yeller in the stands. I I prefer to do that in my living room by myself, drinking beer and screaming at the TV. But yeah, the old like knee slap, pay attention is one of my favorites for sure. Like, like they're. Oh, yeah. You're right, ma'am. They're not paying attention. They should just. They should just really actually pay attention here. <laughs> yeah, Sorry I, for and rant. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Uh Yeah. With the joke, though. Yeah, I I agree. Right. Like, the team as a whole. Well, I guess not. I agree, but the team as a whole, oh, man, I don't know what the issue is. I, I I think they're having a really hard time breaking out of their zone. First off, um. I mean, getting pucks on net, we need to establish being in the zone first off too, right? Um, I, I think that teams are are kind of figuring out that we have a young defense that are still trying to adapt to NHL. Um, they have had success so far this season for sure, but you've seen it. I mean, I, I seen it for the first time when I went to L.A. there and and seen it both against the Kings and the Ducks. And they were just pressuring and pressuring and pressuring our boys in the zone, sending one, two men down low all the time. And on TV, i seen in the Vegas game against Winnipeg, we seen how hard they were checking us, right? Um, I, you I talking think,
0: four checks specifically, like yeah, on our defense? If,
1: yeah, yes, exactly, yeah. So I think just in general, we need to be better moving it out of our zone. Um, that's been a real struggle here over the past couple of weeks. And and that in turn will just increase offense, Um just in general, right? For
0: sure. And it's one of those things where like, I look at the shot totals and don't get me wrong, like 24 isn't a huge total by any means, but that concerns me far less than the numbers of shots against. Like I've always been of the thinking of, like quality over quantity in that regard. And yes, the Oilers aren't shooting enough. We've had periods where we have like three shots. That's obviously not enough. But I also don't like when you saw like the Bronx cheers going on. The Oilers started just like gaining the zone and like flipping it at the goalie. And it's like, that's such a low grade chance where I feel like, especially in games where you have three shots in a period, if you can get a grade A chance, there's a good chance that goalie's going to be rusty. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying the Oilers should go on that perspective of, like, lull the goalie to sleep and then go in with a grade A chance, but I don't like the low scoring, like, just get shots on net mentality either. I feel like that's kind of a, um, like, an old-fashioned viewpoint, honestly, like the the old, like, good old hockey boy get shots on net, get pucks on net, but... Yeah, but I will there's, say, there's like, nothing I wrong bring, with
1: that approach when you're going through a slump though too, John, right? Like, no,
0: and but I think it's like, it's get pucks on net in the right situation. Like if you have guys going hard to the net and you're in a situation where you can get a puck through and like low to create a rebound opportunity, sure. But like flipping a, goal, a puck from the blue line on the rush when there's no traffic going to the net at the goalie, at his like glove hand or at his chest. And it's like that, that goal is going to go in like one in a thousand tries. Like all you're doing is getting the goalie to get some feel back. I'd rather just get that puck deep and like work hard on the four check and try and actually create something. But it My is man, like, I, totally I'm not agreed. saying you're wrong. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, it's like, the no, really, all I'm, I'm talking you, about sorry. is like, yeah. no, for sure. It's just like, all I'm talking about is like the very low, like that specific instance. I saw that from like chase on and like one other player. But I think you bring up a really good point as far as our team getting hemmed in and and teams are being very heavy with us on the four check. And it's interesting because I think like the way you get out of that, from my perspective, obviously you need quicker decisions from the D but a lot of it too is like, I think you kind of get that you've seen at times you get that like deer in the headlights when you know there's guys coming down, especially like you look in that Vegas game and like Benning. Oh my God, man he got absolutely abused and like not to his fault. The guy was just getting beat up all game. Like Reeves hit him a couple of times and it's like you, after a couple of those hits and that's why forechecking is so important, these D kind of start getting the the deer in the headlights. And I think to combat that, like they really need to keep their feet moving and like show more urgency when moving the puck, right? Like it's one thing to to take a hit to make a play as long as that play happens right before the hit. It's another thing to like, be like, oh shit, he's going to hit me and kind of hesitate in that situation. But it's not only on our D, like our forwards also need to support more in the D zone as well as make like simple transition passes to actually get it through the neutral zone with numbers.
1: And I mean, I don't feel like our offense is leaking out of the zone too early most times, right? But uh, I don't think so either. But that success that we had at the beginning of the season, right, did come from that five-man defensive unit. But with that five man defensive unit comes in that close support between players where you can do tight passing and work your way up the ice. Right. Instead of having to be caught behind and throw the puck up the boards in a panic situation, like we see over and over again by, you know, numerous players, right. Everybody seems to be doing it right now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird figuring out situation that we're in at the moment. Right. Uh, I, I know me and you talked about this before the episode started in our kind of pre-talk, but uh, like it, it, I'm kind of happy that it's happening. These struggles right now, uh, not happy, I guess, but it, it's it's a good thing to work out heading into the postseason. And I'd rather it be happening now with uh, what do we have left? Twelve games. Yeah, uh, rather, you know, rather rather than, than doing it with one of the playoffs, four games, sure. right, or game one. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. So I I think it's something that we can definitely overcome and as well as it has to do, right? Like the trade deadline just happened, although it was, you know, a couple of weeks ago now or a week and a half ago, but, uh but to that point, right, we've, we've got a couple huge players, not huge, but you know, it, big role players on our roster that are now trying to figure out where they fit in. And, and that's a big part of how we're playing lately too. Right. So it's everybody just needs period. to fit out their place. Yeah. Everybody needs to figure out their place.
0: It's definitely an adjustment period. And I think that's the biggest thing too, where like you hit it right on the head. We've got 12 games remaining. We're obviously recording before the Winnipeg game here. So we're not going to be chatting about that one, but 12 games remaining. And this is the exact like right time to be kind of going through this. And you've seen other teams in the past after big trade deadlines that, I, I mean, the Oilers are still getting results. Thankfully, due to a huge play by Miko Koskinen. But you see team other teams struggle when big players come in, right? And like, not that we brought any superstars in, but like Athanasiu is a hopeful top six winger, and Ennis is a top nine winger, hopefully. So, and then obviously Mike Green's been hurt. As well as like not only that, Kyle, but you've also seen cluff bomb come back that's a huge piece chris russell's come back recently that's a big core player right there or or, a role player excuse me not necessarily core player and as well as obviously mcdavid out the last game with the flu so it is one of those things where like there's been a lot of changeover and i think that's why as much as you know in the last episode i was talking about how i didn't agree with it i think that's why Tippett's mixing up this lineup a lot kind of trying to find a little bit of chemistry with some players um my my only concern is the like too much change up where I think you need to give some guys like a little bit more time together and hope that they get some some things going. But I think the biggest thing right now is like this team needs to go back to the like simplified heavy for checking hard working team not not to say that they are I even question their effort the last couple of games because I don't think the lack of play stems from a lack of effort but simplify that game until they can regain some of that swagger and confidence especially in their transition game and getting the puck out of the zone and then you can start to expand and be a little bit more fancy with shit but they're they're definitely they need to they need to get some swagger back
1: I think that's basically what it boils down to right like the boys—it's not like their play has gone totally south. They just need to string together a win or two, and and do it in the right fashion. And we're right back on track. Like it, you know, we're still second place, and we have a four-point lead over Calgary right now. And like as we're recording this, right?
0: And and we're still only—I mean, it sucks with the overtime loss, obviously, as we head into this Vegas game. But at the same time, we're still only three points back from them with a the game in hand. It's like we win that extra game, and you're a point off. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not gonna say like I. I almost hope the Oilers stay in second because I'd love to see a battle of Alberta first round. Um,
1: but I do not want that first round. I want that second round if it happens.
0: I mean, I'd rather have it r- really. Hey, Okay, So I was the question I was gonna ask you. I give Carl kind of a heads up, but I didn't tell him what I was gonna ask him. This is a good transition, and I feel like we already got your answer. So hypothetically. Last game of the season against the Calgary Flames. We're three points ahead of them, so we have guaranteed home ice advantage. And let's just say that Vancouver, no, that's a bad example because we want to play them. Let's just say Arizona is has won that night and they're a point ahead of Calgary. So pretty much if Calgary wins, we play them in the first round. If they All lose, right. we play a different team. Is there any chance that you would cheer for Calgary? Fuck no! And you don't want that series anyway, so that kind of takes it away. I feel like you're. I mean, I want that series. Sorry. I, I
1: do really want that series. Like, don't get me wrong. I want. I it want to that series bad just, enough
0: that I'd rather it happen in the first round. Because one, uh, to get to make that happen in the second round, Kyle Calgary needs to win a fucking playoff series, which isn't going to happen. So, <laughs> I don't know. You're dreaming here, buddy. Like, we're we're not going to play them in the second round.
1: Well, I mean, that that kind of is my reasoning why I'd like to face them in the second round anyways. If they were to get through to the second round, right, they typically do play a pretty physical game. And I think, like, over a seven-game series with a team, whether it's the Knights or, or Vancouver or whoever it ends up being, right, like, I, I think they're going to tire themselves out. It's going to be a long series no matter who they play. And I'd rather take the tired-out Calgary that's just gone through a battle. And and, you'd rather take
0: the team that beats them is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's no way Calgary beats golden, the golden Knights, or if they slide to a wild card, the, uh, St. Louis blues, there's no way they beat them in a series. So I I feel like we're playing Calgary first round. We're not playing them. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be excited when it happens. I'm just saying I'd rather play Calgary first round, first round or not play them.
1: I'd rather play Calgary first round than not play them.
0: Okay. So with that being in mind, is there any chance that you cheer for them in the last game, game of the season? And again, we have it locked up. It's not like I, we can pass. I No, us. I'm not
1: going to fucking I'm not going to cheer for Calgary. Fuck that.
0: I don't think I could either, but I would be like I would really be tempted to, but I don't think I could like physically do it. I know, do you remember back in like the 04 when when the Flames were making their run and there was a lot of like Oilers and Canadian hockey fans that were like, uh, they kind of jumped in on the Calgary bandwagon." Not that they were Calgary fans but you know what I mean they were just cheering cuz it was a Canadian team and they wanted them to win. People and not all Oilers yeah. fans did that by any means but a lot of them did. And I I never I never got that to be honest. I always thought that was fucking awful.
1: I mean people did that with Vancouver too. I I mean it's a little bit more blasphemous in province but it, it, I think it happens every year with a Canadian team when they make a run, right? So I don't blame people too much. But yeah, it's still a little bit gross here for Calgary, no matter what the point is. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't... You know what? I didn't cheer for Vancouver either. I definitely was rooting for Boston in that Stanley Cup. I think I might have cheered for Vancouver for like some of the playoffs, but I didn't want them to win a cup. But anyways, let's uh, let's get into that uh, that Vegas game a little bit more specifically. So obviously, I mean, biggest fucking takeaway is Miko Koskinen in both size and significance I guess (laughs) (laughs) but yeah man Koskinen's been lights out which kind of gets me into another discussion we posted this on Twitter but if the season ends today who's your day one starter for the playoffs I mean
1: Uh, sorry you're asking me not the Twitter answer
0: yeah I mean I it'll probably be the both they'll probably be the same thing
1: I just think it's too early to tell still I I know Koskinen's had a good couple games but Smith had a great month and a half two months right like how can you throw away smith after a couple games here so but i think it's gonna come right today. down if it ended today i mean if it ended today i'd put in costing tomorrow just because he's had the you know huge games back to back here right especially last night
0: and i think that's fair and i think that was like one of the things that kind of like we had that Twitter poll and 67% said Miko 33% are still on the Mike Smith bandwagon. And I feel like it is one of those things where it was almost kind of a like stacked question where it's tough because if the season ended today, like uh, most other fans will agree that we have a one, a one B situation. There's still the odd fan that dislikes Miko And is on the, thinks Smith is the substantially better goaltender. I work with one and it absolutely blows my mind. He thinks Miko's awful. And there's still people that are in the vice versa of that.
1: Even after the last game, he thinks he's awful?
0: He was. Well, he, so he missed the last game, but in like at work. Yeah. And I'm not even going to say this guy's name, not that he listens to us, but it was like.
1: Dude, give his home address, call him out.
0: He asked who played and he missed it. And like missed the game. And I was like, yeah, Miko played. And he's like, oh yeah, that's like makes sense why we lost. I was like, man, Miko was the only reason we made it to overtime. Like he was so good. And he brought up his glove hand again. And I'm like, man, that's such an old, like, that's like people that I'm not even saying anyone does this. That's like saying dry sidles two-way game is bad. Like you're holding on to like a narrative from like a year or two ago,
1: going straight to the. Blaming the goalie all the time, too. I just can't it It is, either. but
0: it's like, when people say stuff like that, I question if they even pay attention or they're just so stubborn in their view. Hey, John, pay attention. Yeah, pay attention. I need to get, like, an audio clip of an old woman, like, slapping her thigh <laughs> and saying, pay attention. That would be good. And then if Kyle ever misre- misunderstands my questions, I can, <laughs> I can just play that clip. Um, <laughs> but, no, I think a part of it, a lot of it's just, like, holding on to, like, old like stereotyped opinions because would you even say that miko's glove hand has been like an issue at all other than like an odd goal here and there this year at all because i wouldn't
1: uh i i i mean hasn't every goal that's gone in on him just been like top right corner i'm pretty sure it's every single goal right <laughs> okay I I'm, totally, like, I'm totally, I'm totally kidding. No, of course. No, the way you said it, of it the
0: first it, time. I was like, I'm like pretty sure he's kidding. And then when you said it again, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> like a blonde moment there. No, but, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, but no, man. I
1: think heading into the season, right in the preseason, it was still an issue. We were worried about it heading into the regular season. But so, he definitely figured it out. I don't think it's been an issue at all so far this season. Like maybe I want to say four or five goals that I can remember have beaten him clean. That that I can like vividly remember on his glove so far this season, right?
0: I know there was the glove. There was a glove side goal against. uh sorry, I believe it was the Vegas game. Yeah, it was. But I, but yeah, pretty yeah, sure that yeah, was a, that yeah. was a deflection, right? It was. And it's uh, like in that situation. Patrick, yeah. In that situation, it's like okay, like you know, like that shit happens. Like they're gonna, people are going to score everywhere on a goalie. Like goals happen. He's an NHL goaltender for Christ's sake. But it is still like, and I remember the one soft goal in Vegas, the game I was at, the first goal went over his glove side shoulder, but he was kind of doing the more like stand up, try and like hold his shoulder into the top of the net. And it was a soft goal, but shit like that happens. But I don't, I don't get when people hold on to stuff like that. And like, there's still a lot of people that, I mean, I, should, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but I think there's still the odd fan out there that thinks Trisad is like super lazy
1: uh, which is I hilarious mean, dry Drysdale is super lazy what are you talking about
0: <laughs> shut up you're such a shit disturber but you're not even good at it Kyle. Oh, come on <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I mean dry is easy to call lazy just because just because of the way he appears when he's skating on the ice right but for he's, sure he's like positioning himself properly and he does he accelerate lumbers. and get to the point like he does he lumbers he, he's also like one of the biggest fucking dudes on the ice so for sure what do you expect? So
0: let me let me tweak this question of the goaltenders. If Mike Smith comes back and has two stellar games, so both the goalies, pretty much the the picture I'm trying to set here is if both of the goalies are playing identical, like solid hockey. Which way do you lean, and why? Of as far as the game one starter
1: uh i mean honestly i go to the locker room and i make them rochambeau for it
0: <laughs> who do you think so wins coin, that competition no who do you uh think rock, wins paper the no, who wins the rock paper scissors uh no who wins the rochambeau not rock paper scissors uh, oh man i mean they're both Smith really like tall right ass. they have they
1: have the leverage right like they both and Smith got Smith is
0: a tough ass like old style dude but miko's also yeah, but that he, like stoic finn just That's like, what I was
1: about to say. He's finished, right? He's cold yeah. as shit. Like, not as bad as a Russian. I mean, like, that would be instant win. But he's definitely, like, stone-cold European. So, oh, man, I got to give it to Smith just for the age advantage. I think, like, he's got that dad anger, right? Where... Like he has kids in his life that just probably piss him off, so he'd be able to just put that out on Miko's nuts. Like, I, I mean, I think Miko's that,
0: like thirty something, isn't you? Does he have kids? I don't even know. I don't. I, I'm. I'm just talking
1: shit right now, but I, I <laughs> well, don't <obviously>. think so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope i not taking you seriously. Okay, seriously yeah. though, which way do you yes. lean?
0: Who's your guy? Uh...
1: The tough one. I, I feel like I would start with Koskinen because we have him around for another couple of years and you want to show him some faith for the team that they have trust in him heading into the future.
0: Have, have some goddamn faith. Red but dead 2, redemption. Saying that too or red, like, Oh man, too red very, dead redemption 2 reference. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> saying that too, we're very fortunate heading into the offseason here, right? Having a one A one B situation and both can sorry, both goaltenders playing great. Real, For sure. really, all season. This uh, is an minus ideal one team one battle situation, over December, right?
0: Yeah, like exactly. December yeah, yeah. is the outlier. They've both played stellar, and our team's had a pretty good year. Like, a really good year. So, this is the way I'm looking at the goalies, and I'm just going to go, like, pros and cons. So, I think Miko, and as someone summed it up very well in a Twitter comment, so credit where credit is due. I'm kind of stealing this opinion a little bit, but I completely agree with it, where Miko's a lot more, like, with the people that like Miko, like the, like, low-stress He's just like all on positioning, and when he's on, he uses that frame right. A lot less highs and lows, but can still still a little inconsistent. Like ninety, I mean, like a hundred percent of goaltenders are. Yeah. And Smith is more of that like up and down, but when he's got that fire and he's on, he can be like an absolutely elite goalie. So I think that those are both like pros and cons that put them fairly even. But I think for the one reason and. I'm a fan of Miko Koskinen. I thought he even got like last year. I thought he kind of got the shit end of the stick from the fans. Obviously, contract aside, like that was kind of an early premature contract from Shirelli. But even then, like I'm fine with it. Wow, he's played. But the reason I go Smith is I think playoffs. You've kind of got to go bigger or go home. Where like you're you're hoping a goalie's going to steal you two games in a playoff series, and if he can do that. You're going to win that series unless your team absolutely fucking sucks. So, that reason, as well as the playoff did experience, did we just, where did you we just from disagree year, about something? Yeah, we did. Oh my God. Ring the bells. <laughs> <laughs> alarm, alarm. Um, but no, I think that's why, like, when you look at it, where, like, Smith, you know, Smith's that kind of like he's got that playoff experience. He had a really good first round. Calgary absolutely hung about to dry because they're an absolutely trash fucking team last year. And yeah. So that that's, you know, that's where I'm at. Why I lean Smith, if it's even. But I do agree with the Twitter poll and what you said, where if the season ended today, I think Koskinen's higher up on his games. I think you go with Koskinen. So the last 12 games of this season, including, you know, tonight against Winnipeg, is going to be very interesting and very telling who's going to play, obviously.
1: I, I do think, though, like both of us really aren't wrong and Tippett won't be either. Um, no matter who he chooses, right? Like, it is a 1A, 1B situation, and if a goalie does have a bad game, like, we have faith in the other one performing the next. Buddy, so, this is Edmonton. Tippett yeah.
0: won't be wrong as long as he picks the right goalie and they win. If he picks the wrong goalie and they lose, he's wrong, objectively, because this is Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> and you will get thrown to the walls, Tippett. <laughs> Everybody likes you now, but pick the goalie that doesn't play well and see how that goes. <laughs> Um, okay, but uh, the other thing going on the the takeaways we had from Vegas there, Kyle. So Alex Jason, Chia's son, looking a lot better. Two goals in his last two games, and that fourth line, you know, in total or like all together, has kind of started to find their game, which is nice to see. What have what have you noticed out there? Like watching that, what do you like about that line?
1: They've they've surprisingly been defensively responsible, right? Like it's it's kind of a slower line. But they've been for able sure. to... They've been able to, like... You know, we made fun of them, right, for just chipping in the puck on net from, like, outside the blue line. But at least they've been able to get pucks in deep and have been able to, like, just just be a line that works over the other team and, and is something to to worry about down down the lineup, right? I mean, they've, they've really just been what a fourth line is expected to do. I, I know I'm just saying general hockey shit right now, but basically that's what they've been doing well, like they've been it's filling funny their role. because like
0: yeah. we, when you said get pucks in deep that's like one of the most cliche the hockey terms i completely agree with you and not only that but they've also gotten pucks on net and they've also wheel sniped sally buddy yeah <laughs> i'm not even shitting on you here like ripping on you like that's they no, have like they're, I agree. they're just playing a sound like sound fourth line hockey where and i really like how they they all seem like very committed on the back check. And I think especially with those guys, when you look, I mean, Kara's not that much, you know, that old, but they're all like bigger dudes. Neil's definitely on like the second half of his career. Chason's kind of in his prime and Kara's entering his prime. So when you look at that, like it's kind of a good mix, but none of them are like speedsters, even though I think Kara moves decently well for his size. And But they, they're really committed on that like heavy back check. And going into their own defensive zone, like when not even turnovers, but just when the other team has possession. And I think that's why they have found success, because a lot of what they're creating is off getting turnovers in the neutral zone or their defensive zone, simple transitions, and just like a nice simple game in the offensive zone. So they're doing the they're doing all the right things to drop another cliche, but it is really nice to see. And I mean, I don't expect Chase on to continue to score at a goal a game, obviously, but it's really nice to see that line just chip in in general. Like we really need that. And that's the thing where if you look at, like let's just say either in the first round, I mean, it probably won't be in the first round, but I feel like as far as looking ahead to the Oilers' potential cup run, And I know that's we're looking a little bit ahead here, but I think Vegas is going to be their first like big, big test, assuming they get through the first round. I'm not even assuming they do, but if they lose in the first round to the teams they're matching up against, I think, one, it'll be a very close series. And two, it's not even really, you know, that's not even a failure of a season. Like when you look at the last two years, it would suck. But anyways, getting back to my point like, you look at it, like, say they play Vegas in the second round. Lines like that are going to need to chip in here and there for us to win that series. Like, that that's just how it's going to work in low-scoring games. Drysaddle and McDavid and our top six and Yams and Nuge and the other guys there, they're not going to be able to carry us offensively. I mean, Drysaddle might, actually, I don't know. <laughs> the guy's a monster in the playoffs, or he was last time anyways. I mean, just
1: in general, right? It's just... Basic hockey, like you said, they've been playing great, and and yeah, they knew. Sorry, they do need to perform going into the playoffs, right? Like, they, we need uh, we need some results from our bottom six, like always, and that's been an issue for the Oilers heading into the season, last season, and and plenty before that, right? But definitely shown improvement uh, this year, by far, right? Like,
0: leaps I think and we have eight players right now with ten goals or more, and last year we had five. So, like, that's a huge, huge jump up, obviously.
1: Exactly. I mean, our bottom six has been one of the highlights of this entire season.
0: Yeah. Thanks, thanks I Holland. Mean, thanks for the depth. Yeah.
1: So, so hopefully, they keep playing how they've been playing. And, yeah, we, we do roll into the playoffs and have a tough bottom six to play against. Because that's what they need to be, right? It's just tough to play against. They don't have to, like, yes, we need we need points from them. They need to chip in. But they need to wear teams down and be defensively responsible. I mean, and ideally
0: they don't, they need to get not, or sorry, they need to not get scored on. Exactly. Like that's a, they play a sound game and chip in here and there. So one of the negatives and a thing that the like Oilers Twitter and Oilers Reddit really jumped onto. And I mean, I get it. We've had this complaint before too, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. So obviously the Oilers lose in overtime on Monday night. And Dreisaitl was out for the full two minutes and 13 seconds in overtime. So I I saw kind of two different trains of thought where some people were saying he didn't really have an opportunity, which like I get it. But in two minutes and 13 seconds, like sometimes you have to create like like force an opportunity to go off and make a change and do that. Maybe giving up an offensive opportunity. Right. And I think that's something that dry failed to do. And it's so weird. Like I think the Oilers are four and seven in overtime this year now, which is like everything else is improved for us and our overtime has gotten well, taken such a big step back, which is weird. It
1: was our bread and butter too, right? Like that's, it was almost it was, guaranteed. Yeah. Like it was every almost a guaranteed two in. points. <laughs> yeah. It was like a minute in every single time. It was like McDavid to cleft bomb to dry saddle and in. Yeah.
0: Oh, and like just creating, getting like two on ones and stuff like that, right? Like we yeah, and we yeah. just dominated, dominated possession and and dominated you know opportunities. And those guys are absolutely money. Like you get a two on one with Tri-Siddle and McDavid in overtime, like that's a goal, like forty percent of the time, if not higher. But it, it's all and like, what did you think of Bears clearing attempt? Like he had two chances to clear or pass it right before that goal. Is that just like? a guy kind of put in a bad situation or do you think that's kind of like on him?
1: I think it's on him. Bit of inexperience, right? Panic.
0: Yeah. It was a tough one just based off. Of it's how easy to throw that blame on him. We for just that, that too, right? So, for sure. I mean, yeah, that's one play yeah. in the course of 62 minutes where our team didn't really play like all that well. Like we definitely weren't polished that game at all. And we haven't been in three games, but it, it's odd. Like I, I'm, I don't know. I think part of the reason the struggles in overtime have been, teams have adjusted to how they play us. And not really putting this on Tippett because it's his first year, but I don't think the Oilers have adjusted that much. Although I will say Tippett has definitely made some changes as far as especially like lineup. You've seen two defensemen at times. Shit, you've seen some time with, we had four uh forwards on that one power play when Chase on scored the game winner against Dallas. So definitely mixing stuff up. And I mean, the other thing is we can't discount you know, not making excuses for them, but we can't discount how big it is not having Connor McDavid in a lineup against a very good team as well as specifically in overtime.
1: But it's huge right now because it's it basically puts us back to the situation of having Silver and McDavid on the same line, right? Just just saying in that, we have one line that's a threat rather than having exactly. two lines that are a threat. That's it.
0: Right. It is. No, it's it's wild, man. It's so a I huge, don't know. It huge was, change, it, yeah. It was tough. I mean, is is McDavid confirmed for tonight? Do you know? Yeah, he is. I, I know he and interviewed. So I, yeah. yeah, I know. I know they both interviewed. So I was like, I figured if they were well enough to talk to the press that they'd be in, but I didn't see confirmation. So awesome that they're back. And I mean, yeah, they're obviously key, key players. Um, I mean, one of them's, you know, kind of the best player in the world. So obviously big game Yamamoto? tonight. Or, what's Ronaldo? Is that what you said?
1: <laughs> Yamamoto, I said. Oh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, Yamamoto's an absolute gem too. That was such a nice play he made behind the net to pop the puck out to Nuge for the go-ahead goal in the third against Vegas. Just kind of a random thing, that but I just yeah, absolutely.
1: Wicking. I also just to rant on him for a second too. Well, not rant, but I love his swagger, little goal celebration, that little head nod, like yeah, <sighs> I, I love. Watching him I don't know like, how to describe it, but it's it's sick. Yeah.
0: I love watching him like pinball into big defensemen where he just like you can see he's just like just screams like such hard strides like right into him and just like I mean he actually hits him fairly hard like credit where credit is due but it reminds me of how like Kajula hit right? Where I was a, just a, about just to say could you guy, imagine if we still had like he Kajula here so yeah. much momentum yeah I know he's kind of finding you know he, he I mean he looked good against us in that game against Chicago but anyways we are going to move on it's it's worrisome because i mean i really want to see like being a a local edmontonian i really want to see some playoff games like in person this year assuming i don't get absolutely bent over at the press box or on StubHub which i'm sure i will and it's it's scary to i mean not scary because everything else is scary with it it's unfortunate to think that it's like yeah we might be playing playoff games with no fans
1: do you know how much that's gonna suck though watching playoffs if there's no fans in the crowd like that is actually going to be garbage like i i won't mind watching a game or two during the regular season like i definitely think the pittsburgh columbus game is going to be something to watch it's kind of interesting that it's happening but
0: when we were talking before do you think you're going to be able to hear the players way better now
1: uh, i mean you're going to have to i would assume unless they just mute everything out you put it on a, you know, 30 second delay yeah. or
0: like move mics further back. So because like really all you need to hear is like the whistle and the commentators, which obviously the commentators are a different audio feed. I mean, I guess you kind of want ring sounds as far as pucks bouncing off and stuff. But I wonder if they actually move mics further back so you can't hear players calling each other fucking losers and stuff
1: because I it's, it'll be like rated R if it actually <laughs> yeah. is streamed like that man like they'll be getting so many complaints if that actually goes on but uh,
0: I would love it I want to know what they're saying but I understand especially why if, if it was playoff hockey like, like, oh, oh there'd
1: be some terrible shit that gets said <laughs> terrible shit that gets said you know that the players and coaches like cover for each other and they do not say everything that comes out on the ice right like, oh for
0: sure no they don't I yeah. mean I, I think they've gotten smarter where obviously like they've moved away from like the homophobic and racial slurs that I'm sure were uttered like way back in the day. But I think there's like, I mean, you can say some some awful shit without getting racial or homophobic too. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it gets like, I, I don't, it's funny because I'm sure there's a line that they kind of all know not to cross, but I'm sure that line is like fairly far off. If that makes sense, you know, like you got to you got to see some pretty like evil stuff to like cross the line in a professional sporting event. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, Unless you get like a an Avery or Carcillo or somebody that comes along. Right. And just like pushes, pushes. it. I I think they're more
0: like I think Avery, too. He wouldn't surprise me to be a guy Not to say they're the same type of player, but, you know, No, but, yeah. but he does his, like... <laughs> I bet you he did his, like, prep and, like, learned stuff about players to, He like, talked
1: about it on Chicklets, man. He did his research and, like, would say things about... Was, past, okay, that like, was...
0: I couldn't remember if that was him. That was him, hey, where, like, he would... Yeah. He would get, like, info on players' personal lives to, like...
1: He was the ideal, uh <laughs> like shit talker man he was perfect he was the I loved him when he played and it's the same reason that I hate Kachuk now but yeah
0: yeah, I, I'm not going to lie I hated was a Avery when chunk. he played yeah. but since he's retired I've gained like a different respect for him but I feel like that's kind of a lot with players like that you know like when it's like actually has impact on your team's success at the time you hate that player afterwards and you kind of get to know their personality a little more and you're just like you know what like it's shitty but that's what that's that guy's job Yeah, and
1: I understand why he did it,
0: yeah. I'll never do that with Kessler, though. Although, you you know what? I shouldn't say that because I actually... I enjoy B- is it BXA and Kessler's podcast? I haven't
1: listened to it, so I don't know more, more but, so yeah.
0: for the guests. I've been Leon Drysaito was actually just on there last week, or no, like this week, and I haven't caught it, but I've been meaning to listen to it because I've heard it was a good episode. But I've listened like when Cassian was on there after the Kachuk suspend or like the suspension and stuff like that. I um, I listened to him on there, so it, like I, it's actually good. So I mean, I shouldn't say I like I hate Kessler as a hockey player, but I feel like my hatred for him will probably. Diminish, especially if he kind of shows more of his like personality or whatever. But, anyways, you sorry not to move on from that too
1: quick, but uh, you heard any of the rumors that Biaxa could be like the next face of Hawking in Canada? Really, yeah,
0: I have not.
1: I'm pretty sure i talked about it a while ago, but I'm I don't
0: know much about BXA personally, but I really hope they go like younger player outlook. Like I, even like whether you agree with them or not, I think there's a reason why like Chicklets has gotten so popular. And you look at like all these different players getting involved. I mean, even you look at like Bizonette and his involvement with the Arizona broadcast and it's like, the dude doesn't even talk that well, but just getting that player perspective, I think is such a big aspect. Like, I really hope they add more, more like players get involved uh, in hockey night in canada
1: ag- agreed i think you're gonna have a hard time finding that same success that you'll find not that like we have by any means but a podcast in general right like rogan was the first one to find that real success because it was well even further than rogan right um oh my god why can i not remember his name right now howard stern Bill right? oh. no howard stern yeah it, like created that kind of long format talk radio
0: no but sorry i'm talking specifically for the hockey night in canada like i, I was agreed. just saying
1: like i know that but like they would have to have like a sit down for like instead of the coach's corner like a player's corner and make it like a, a good third of the intermission where they just talk through a player and do like almost a life segment every hockey night in canada game or something along those lines uh but i do think that that's something that needs to come into hockey in general is a, more of an in look into A player's personality. uh, That's something that we definitely don't see much of in the NHL and is something that should be more just to sell jerseys, sell tickets, but also give the fans somebody to like. Right.
0: Well, and I think the thing is, and, and the big thing with Don Cherry was early on, like before he got, I mean, more or less senile and like very old fashioned. He provided that insight and like he had that experience, right? To explain. And it was actually like quality analysis. Where, like, me personally, like I I'm I'm a big fan of Elliot Friedman, but I don't think he works because he's more he's not so much presentation, it's more access and like sources and stuff. Like he's actually providing you information from, from behind the scenes. Where I think why Don Cherry was so successful and so well respected is he had that perspective to educate. Listeners and or, and viewers, where even if you're a big hockey fan, you can learn something from them, like early on, right? And I think that's why, like when you look at that, I'd like to have players get in because they can actually break down plays. And like you look at, not to get sidetracked here, I mean, even though we already kind of are, but that's fine. You look at Tony Romo with the NFL broadcast and. For anyone that doesn't watch the NFL, that's fine. But he was an ex-quarterback that retired very recently, immediately went into broadcasting as the color guy. And the insight that guy provides, like he's he's making reads off what the defense and offensive formations are and telling you what the play is like before it happens. And obviously hockey is a little different because you don't really have set plays. I mean, or very, very, very few times you have set plays. But it is one of those things where I think if you can get a guy that had the hockey IQ like that, to come in and still has the personality where they can actually break down plays and he can sh- like really give you the players' perspective. I think you have the success. The other flip side of that though is why fix something that isn't broken if you have that like old school, arguably bigoted coach, why don't we get Bill Peters and Crawford on coach's corner and they can provide their old school when they used to like beat players and stuff like that? I think that would that would work well. crickets. Am I getting crickets? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: no, that's a, that's a horrible idea. Let's not do that.
0: Let's, uh, as far as, you know, worried about those playoff games and not playing in front of anybody. If they do play in front of people, I looked on StubHub today and tickets, you can already like there's season ticket holders that have already secured their, you know, potential tickets. If they play those games And the last one you can do is obviously Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Finals. And people are selling their tickets, nosebleeds, for $5,800 American dollars per ticket. And it doesn't surprise me, unfortunately. But at the same time, I don't know, I tweeted this out. I feel like season ticket holders that do that, that... Sure, they support the team and great for them. Like, they're they're buying these season tickets. When they get playoff tickets and put them on up for sale for that much money, just to take advantage of the demand to go see a Stanley Cup final game, I think those people are pieces of shit. And I know a lot of people disagree with me on that, but I think you're a shitty fan if you do that. Do you? Am I out to lunch or is that like... Like, it's their right. They have a right to do that. But I feel like they're just, like, taking advantage of, of like, the fans' desire to watch their team play a playoff game.
1: I mean, John, I don't disagree with you, but they're their tickets. And, I mean, have you ever heard of something called supply versus demand?
0: I mean, it's supply and demand, but it's, like, it's not, like, oh, I have toilet paper and I'm going to, like take advantage of this because there's toilet paper shortages and, like, make a couple bucks. You're talking about, like, they probably paid less than that. Well, probably not. But for two tickets, they probably did pay less than that for all of their playoff tickets. Like, it's, it's, there's using supply and demand to your advantage and then there's blatantly taking advantage of supply and demand to fuck people over for your own benefit. And I think that's what they're doing. And I'm not saying they shouldn't, like, I'm not saying, like, game seven, Stanley Cup or Game Four Stanley Cup final tickets. I'm not saying, hey, sell them at face value. Don't be a dick. But like six thousand dollars American is ridiculous. Like that's that's stupid. Like there there should be a limit as to how much money you can make off of off of selling tickets secondhand.
1: I mean, can I compare this to the coronavirus?
0: Well, you can like, try. I'm not gonna stop you.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, there's already photos of stores selling like hand sanitizer and such, right? For 60 dollars for a small bottle so like <laughs> if people are willing to pay that and this is the store wrong for selling it at that price like as much as it might piss you off and it is gouging and it's bullshit and it's not right but
0: and that's really all i'm saying i'm not saying they don't have a right to do that yeah it's just, like i get dude,
1: it do, do who do you blame do you blame the people that are buying the tickets or the people that are selling it because Right. Like the people that are buying it are just as wrong. No.
0: I mean, they're probably more stupid, but I also, if I, if I was like a, you know, if I was making like 200 K a year, I'd for sure buy one. So I get it. But I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's like, I get, it's like a tough kind of topic. I just, I just feel like it's one of those things where like make your money and let like a true fan go where like you selling for them for that price (laughs) You're eliminating like so many people. John, you're
1: sounding like a really envious, stubborn fan right now. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I season man. Maybe I
0: am. Maybe like, but like, I don't know, man. And here, okay, here's my thing though too. If you're a season ticket holder and you're this diehard fan that goes to all the games, why are you selling them then? Because I feel like there's people that get season tickets just to take advantage of this. And that's kind of where I'm coming from. Like, well, that's what's I all? think Like, why don't you want to go to game four of the Stanley Cup finals? It's because you're greedy and you're making money off of it. That's the only reason you bought playoff tickets. It's not because uh, you're an actual fan that wants to go to the games,
1: bro. I personally would go if I had season tickets and live there, but I would also understand selling maybe just the first round because that way you could pay for probably the majority of next year's season tickets with those sales. If they're selling for that price
0: and the first round won't be near much, but I, I I see what near that much, but I see what you're saying. Yeah.
1: Right. Like I, I would be going to the finals every game. I don't give a fuck if they're selling for two, $3,000 a ticket, right? Like maybe, maybe game one or something. Maybe I'll sell one just to pocket something, but chances aren't being there every single so game. But, I, I'm glad you yeah.
0: said that. Like, cause I don't like that, that. That is one thing I was thinking before is like, I don't mean that like, if you're buying playoff tickets, you should be expected to go to every single game.
1: By the way, if you wanted season tickets, this year was absolutely the time to try to get it. Cause everybody was getting rid of theirs. So I no, don't blame for those sure, people but at all.
0: Yeah. My, my thing is the people that are selling like all of their playoff tickets is like, and like just trying to make money off of it. I have no problem. Like, Hey, if I was a season ticket holder and tickets were going for like five grand, I would probably sell a game or two of the Stanley cup finals. Like whatever. I get it. But these people have listed them already, Kyle. Like the ones that are listed right now, I feel like that—that's shitty. Like they—they they clearly just got playoff tickets to make money. It wasn't to go to the games.
1: Yeah, but those are probably scalpers, man. Like, I, I mean, there's probably a thousand seats in the stadium that are just scalper tickets. Like,
0: I mean, sure, but like that doesn't take away that those people are shitty. Like,
1: I mean, are scalpers newly shitty? I'm not disagreeing with you, but just like I think they've
0: always been shitty.
1: That's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with that, yes. Oh, okay,
0: like, like, yeah, sorry. No, it's not new. Like, And I'm not even just talking about, like, just, like, this isn't an Oilers issue. This is, like, every Canadian market and every in-demand event has these issues. It's not just the Oilers playoffs, but it just, I don't know. That just pisses me off. I, it rubs me the wrong way. I feel like that's not why you should be a season ticket holder. And honestly, I feel like if you're going to be a season ticket holder, I have no problem with you either, like, you know, they're expensive. I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying you should be required to go to every game, but I feel like you should either have to identify when you buy season tickets that you're splitting them, like amongst a family, for instance, where like, yeah, like Ma and Pa get like 20 games and the their son and their daughter-in-law get like 10 and their other son and daughter-in-law get another 10. That's fine. But I feel like when you buy season tickets, the like original group of people should be required to go to like X amount of games. Like if you're buying season tickets to just sell them at a markup and make money that you shouldn't be able to do that. That's ridiculous. And it's an, an extra goes for the playoffs. that's what, that's my point. Thank you for bringing up that like, Obviously, I'm not saying that season ticket holders should never be able to sell a game. Like, I get you can't go to the mall,
1: John. I just know we're we're gonna agree to disagree. Not that I'm disagreeing with you. I, I agree with your passion, and I I do agree with like I I wish like, <laughs> you I, agree I do, with man. My passion. I do agree with your passion. <laughs> no, I no, I'm not. But, I'm not laughing
0: yeah. at you. I just think that's such a funny yeah, thing to say. But uh, <laughs> I'm not it, disagreeing like, it, with you. I it would be nice if that's
1: the way that it worked, right? But. Maybe I'm
0: too much of an um, optimist. Who,
1: who are the biggest buyers of season tickets for a hockey team? Cor- right? Like corporations,
0: I'd say, for, right? especially so, like the more expensive ones. So how, ones are, is different how companies. are the
1: like, main group of people going to go to that all the time? Because they're not used for the main group of people most ch- most times, right? Like they're used for companies to show off to people or or to give to people. Yeah.
0: Or com- but companies aren't the problem. Like if you're buying corporate tickets... But who's to say the companies are the ones selling the tickets right now? But I, I, dude, I mean, I'm just I saying, don't think like, they are like big corporations and stuff that are buying those. Like they're giving them to high end clients.
1: John, John. OK, like the Oilers don't care who buys the tickets as long as the tickets are sold. They don't care if there's someone in the seat as long as the ticket is sold. Right? I, I mean, I, I they do care. That. They Guess Do care someone's in the scene. Stuff, I, obviously. But, but no, I mean, but, I get it. Like, I'm
0: not even saying it, this is a spoilers
1: problem. But just in I mean, just in hockey in general, it doesn't matter, dude. But uh,
0: yeah, it's like it's a Ticketmaster and a StubHub problem and all this shit. And the Oilers are I mean, are, it's, it's whoever you want to make it team. the
1: issue problem, but at the same time, dude, like you can't expect l- literally the biggest thing in Canada. Well, maybe not the biggest thing, but you I know, mean, it's a huge is. thing in Edmonton, in Montreal, in Calgary, Any anywhere you go that's a Pretty major city that has a hockey team, right? Yeah, like <laughs> those tickets are going to sell. So it's crazy to not expect someone to try to make money off that. I mean, it, is it unfair? Yes. Does it suck? Yes. But... It, I mean, welcome to fucking capitalist North America. Like that's the oh way my our society works. Is this works. where
0: we're going? But like you just said, it like does it suck? Yeah. So like it sucks. So like why? I feel like there's a better system. Is all I'm saying. Like I feel like if you're buying tickets, especially playoff tickets, and you're not a real oilers fan and like a diehard oilers fan that wants to go to those games or go to the majority of those Ugh, games should we have a fight to, to the to.
1: death with hockey sticks to see who's the fucking biggest fan like i no, just don't understand like, how we off. choose who's the biggest i'm fan. not I, no, i'm, I'm I, not saying
0: i'm not saying kyle i'm not saying like oh you're not fan enough i'm saying if you're not an <laughs> oilers fan and you're buying those tickets to make money off of them you fucking suck that's all i'm saying
1: Okay, agreed. Agreed on that. That's fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not I, I'll saying have, I have that opinion be, too. I'm yeah. not
0: pulling the Kevin Lowe of like only <laughs> tier one fans should go to the games. Like we don't need you tier two fans. Like I'm not, I'm not saying I'm more fan than, than, than you. Fuck that's you. not what yeah. I'm saying at all. Yeah. I'm saying if you're selling your tickets because you don't even want to go to the games or you're selling a vast majority and going to like a game or two because eh, why not? I bought them anyways and I'm making all this sick bank off all these tickets and taking advantage of all these actual Oilers fans. That's shitty is all I'm saying. Do you agree with my passion?
1: <laughs> I mean, I've been to hockey games and seen people show up for the second <laughs> period, not be there for the first and leave for the third. Uh, Due to a lot of people, it's a glamour thing. I, I agree with you, but... I mean, I can. Unfortunately, it's not going to change. Like, it's, not dece- change. Like, it's just not out, going to. Like, there's too much. There's too much money in it now. It's not going to change. As much no, as I, I agree know, with but you, I'm, yeah. I'm still yeah. going to complain about it. But anyway, you that's we're going to wrap. Welcome it up to have that opinion. Good, yeah. that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Good debate. Um, <laughs> hey, last thing: wash your fucking hands and cover your mouth, everybody. Like, stop. Let's let's try and do that. I feel like that's like a society, like basic. Come on now. I know you're guilty of that, Kyle coughing what? everywhere got my house all infected. i what
1: i cough in my <laughs> elbow just, and i wash I my joking. hands like way too much today
0: it's okay it's gross like the amount of times at work that i'll be in the bathroom and a dude like pees or worse goes into a stall and just walks out or go to an oilers game and see how many people do that it's fucking disgusting but anyways we're not gonna get we're not gonna get into that rant
1: i'm a cook i i swear to god i probably wash my hands like two to three hundred times a day
0: okay good we can uh you guys can eat at Kyle's restaurant, then. That's, uh, that's acceptable. I give him the John stamp of approval. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, have a good uh, rest of your week, everybody, and we will talk to you on Monday. Go Oilers tonight, and hopefully we get a big fucking two points against Winnipeg. We definitely need it. Bye.